Pulp MX Network production. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Well, guys, here we go. This could be the very last episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, but it's still the very first Pulp Show of 2020, so we get number one for that. I want to thank all the sponsors of the Pulp MX Show and the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show WUSA, Guts Racing, Roost Graphics, FMF Racing, Atlas Brace, Get Data, Firepower, Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, Ojo Bags, Ride Engineering, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Racetech Suspension and Engines, Michelin Tires, Maxima Oil, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, and new on board for 2020, motosport.com and Skosh. Really excited about all these sponsors. I am Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show. Feel free to hit me up at darkside at pulpamex.com because there is still a possibility that we will be back for 2020. And uh, yeah, get your get your comments in, any requests, any com- uh, questions for Pookie for the Hello Pookie segment. Uh, if you want to come on the show as a guest, Please, darkside at pulpmx.com. Episode 408 this week. Pretty pretty intense episode with uh, Chris Onstott and Steve Astafin in studio. That was a lot of knowledge right there. We're going to talk heavy about that. And, of course, Kiefer and Travis Preston in studio. New start time. New video. If you guys watch Facebook Live, lots of cool stuff. Lots to talk about. And just in case this is the last episode of 2019, I'm hitting you guys hard tonight with guests. Went a little different. We got Randy Richardson, Will Hahn, Raining Yellow, Brad Gebhardt from Big MX, DJ TJ from my show, and Dylan. All going to come on two at a time, t- talking about the first two hours, and we're going we're to split it up. Two, two guys for the two, first two hours, two guys for the second two hours, and so on. You know, Just uh, try to do something a little different. But uh, like I said, hopefully we'll be back. We'll know that here real shortly. A1 coming up. A lot to talk about um, in the coming weeks if we do get to keep this thing going. But let's get to our guests. If you're looking for a high-performance seat-covered foam, Guts Racing is the place to go. Andy Gregg and Guts Racing have been supplying seat covers for many of the top riders and best teams in the business for many years. So visit GutsRacing.com today. And Guts Racing brings us Dylan. What's up, Dylan? What's up, Darkside? Uh, just another week, possibly the last last show ever, but hopefully not. Yeah, not, yeah hopefully not. I don't want to hear that. That's, that's, that's no good. I don't yeah, when I did touch on this in the opening that I pre-recorded, that it is the first show of 2020 on the Pulp Network, so I sh- I get, I'm at least in first place for now. Uh, let's get to our next guest, though, brought to you by Michelin Tires. Pulp and Mech Show listeners know that Michelin Starcross 5 tires push the boundaries of off-road performance in a variety of conditions. They have the tire experts and have the same passion for delivering high-performance products as you have for racing. The next, the man on the line is pretty much the guru of Michelin, Randy Richardson. What's up, uh, Randy? Oh man, how are you guys tonight? I'm just, uh, I'm glad to be a part of the best Pulp Mix wrap-up show of the year and and of the decade. I'm excited about. It. <laughs> Absolutely, Randy, you're the you're the star. Everybody gets excited when we're going to have you on. Um, before we get into this, uh, everybody sober? Everybody, anybody hung over? 
Not over here. Man, no, I'm I'm completely sober. I uh, I, I watched. Uh, I got up to like top thirty, like thirty one of the top forty moments of live PD last year. Oh, top yeah. forty moments of 2019. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was in bed by nine thirty. I'm an old man. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we we the kids want to stay up, so we actually were up to about two a.m. But uh, that's wow. not normal for us either. But the kids were wired. Uh, but we're here tonight <laughs> to talk about show four oh eight. Chris Kiefer, Travis Preston, Steve Astafin, and Chris Onstott in studio. Um, guys, uh, let's go with you, Randy. This I thought this was a pretty good in, uh, good show. A lot different towards the end with, with the, the uh, Astafin and Onstott in studio. Yeah, I thought both of those guys brought uh, a lot of insight. You know, their their, their uh, depth and breadth of knowledge within the industry and outside the industry for, for Steve Astafin. Uh, I thought, man, that really added to the show uh, a lot of uh, variety and diversity. And you know, I've worked with Steve Astafin a bit on things with with Travis Pastrana through the years. Right, he's a, definitely a very very intelligent guy, and 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 brought some uh, amazing insight to the show for sure. I agree. And Dylan, uh, like I said, we're not really you guys are not going to touch on that segment a ton. We kind of the way we're doing this for anybody listening. Uh, Randy and Dylan are going to touch on the first two hours of the show, but I do want to get a little bit of your thoughts on just did you like that segment, Dylan? Yeah, I mean, I, I loved the segment. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that, it was it was darn near three and a half hours of <laughs> yeah. them talking. And no breaks. Look, we we don't really ever get that side of the sport, you know. And it's it's a little, you know, you know, going on that side. So it was really enlightening, like Randy was saying. Yeah, you know, to to hear all that, and you know, they 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 knew what they were saying, but you know, I don't want to get into opinions, but yeah, I, I yep. think a little bit. I think personally. I think I, I get AC and Ken Rocks, and they can take the sport to different levels. But I really think, you know, Steve on NBCSN, I think that is the game changer. I know, I've said that before. My first time I ever called in with Steve, I was trying to explain that to him, you know, trying to get him to maybe try to open the doors with NBCSN. Yeah, because, uh, look, the, the fact is, man, <clears throat> that America is dying to have this sport come mainstream. You know, yeah, football, basketball, baseball, whatever. Those motorsports, you know, NASCAR's starting to slide off a little bit. F one sliding off. Hey, a Dylan, bit. we got we got to get I to four hundred eight, man. We can't talk about that, or I'm gonna get I'm gonna get yeah, clippy yeah, clippy. Yeah, gotcha. So let's yeah, let's, go, let's, let's go. get to uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get to the new start time right off the bat. Um, you guys are East Coast, I'm Central, but this new start time I think was for me at least it's kind of a game changer, Randy. I, it makes it a lot easier to get the whole thing done. I, I fully agree with Steve. Uh, we've been talking about some stuff for 2020, of course, and and uh, when he shared that bit of information with me, man, I'm super pumped because, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm I have to wait till nine o'clock to start listening to the show. So, yeah. man, eight o'clock, eight o'clock for me, Eastern time is so much better. So uh, I can listen to a lot more of it before I fall asleep. So I'm pumped. Yeah, and you, Dylan, you're you're East Coast also, correct? Yeah, man, same same thing that Randy just said. So, it, it is a game changer to be able. To, Start at eight o'clock. I mean, nine o'clock yeah. is kind of late, especially get up in the morning at four. You know, it's a little, it's a little late. So to bring that at eight o'clock start off time, whew, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, and seven o'clock for myself. So it, yeah, fantastic. Two thumbs up or three thumbs up for the new start time. I don't know if either of you guys checked out the Facebook live feed, but the the video footage and Travis Marks absolutely the backbone and the star of the Pulpamex show, uh-huh. Dylan. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, 
I, I didn't I didn't see too much of the uh, the feed on Facebook. I don't have a Facebook, but I saw you know some people posting on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it, it looked good, man. It, it looked professional, and it looked. It was, it was a game changer. I mean, yeah. Mark knows what he's doing. Absolutely. Randy, you get on the Facebook feed every once in a while, I believe. Did you check it out? Yeah, I, I, I was able to jump on the first one. And uh, and, and like I like Steve always seems to do, uh, think a, a few steps ahead or either elevate what he's currently doing. Exactly. And, uh, so from, from as a fan perspective, which is the, always the first and foremost the way I look at this show, but as a fan perspective, man, I'm pumped to be able to see it because now only now not only do you hear the, the tone and inflection of someone's emotion when they're sharing a story or, or laughing about something, now we see the visual component of it as well. So I'm glad he stepped that game up. And uh, as a sponsor of the show, uh, I'm, I couldn't be more happy with, with what he's got. Uh, now the only thing is, I've got to find more time to actually watch the yeah, show yeah. in my in my week schedule as opposed to just listening, which I traditionally do, just listen. Well, so I pretty I'm, much, I'm excited about it. I pretty much watched the entire thing, maybe other than the last 45 minutes, live. It's just a lot easier for me to do the whole thing Monday nights now since I'm doing the wrap-up show. Uh, and I love the new video footage. I, I absolutely... I, I think, like I said, it's a game changer for the show. He has overlays with all the sponsors. When the guests are on the phone, whether it be JT or Damon Bradshaw... Their their name is on the screen. Their pictures on the screen for the people that are listening live. Used to say like, well, who's on the phone right now? Well, it's there now. Uh, the sponsors scroll through at times, you know, with overlays. I mean, uh, yeah, Steve Steve's killing it as always. It's only going to get better. Uh, Four oh eight though. Let's get into it. Uh, first statement that I took notes on right off the bat. Uh, A one's coming up, Randy and Steve says Benny Bloss is a sleeper. Uh, he's on Yamaha, which you know, uh, obviously Steve raves about. He's he's Blue Crew for life now, probably. Um, I, I agree. Bloss is going to be a sleeper. What do you think? Yeah, I think he. I think he will as well. Um, I think he's coming back with a bit of a uh, little bit of chip on his shoulder uh, to to kind of prove his his worth that uh, from from nineteen and previous years. So yeah, I look for for good things out of him for sure. I, I will say this, uh, uh, not necessarily Benny Bloss, but I think there'll be a lot of people uh, with with big names mm-hmm. with big hopes for twenty twenty twenty. They're going to get their feelings hurt uh, this weekend. <laughs> yeah. You know, when it comes time to yeah. when it comes time to make that main, I think there's going to be a lot of people rolling back to the to the truck after that OCQ with some with some sad faces. It's uh, it's going to be uh, a really deep field this year for sure. Absolutely. And Dylan, um, how about, they also were talking a lot about the live shows, right? They got some live shows coming up. A one Denver, uh, a few others. Uh, Dylan, have you made one of these live shows? Will you get to make a live show? Yeah, I would. I would love love to make one of the live. Obviously, wouldn't be making the one of the first couple. Right. Yeah, it's more West Coast. But I, I don't know if they. I'd love to try to get to Daytona this year, but I don't know if they would do a live show at Daytona. But really, I mean Daytona and I guess New Jersey. I, I'm not sure if they're coming to Jersey or back to Boston. You know, those are probably my two closest drives that yeah, I could get to. Yeah, New Jersey this year. But yeah, motocross is a little easier. Gotcha. On, you know, drive drive wise, supercross is. You know, they're just kind of far. Well, um, I would love love to get out there. Yeah, if anybody Rogers, man. Did you always good? I would say if anybody gets a chance to go to one of those, you have to go. They they are a, just a ton of fun. I've heard they're awesome. Let's talk about your boy uh Dylan Eli Tomac, all right? Steve uh right, Steve's Steve's on. going with Eli for the win. Yeah. Um he, Keeper says his home life is good. He had the baby. He's calmed down. Um what what are your thoughts, Dylan? Not your opinions. What are your thoughts on what they said? Is- uh, 
So I, I think, you know, what Steve said when he was talking about Eli, but, you know, right at the very end of that comment, you know, he says, I'm going with Eli, of course, yep. but I don't know why I'm going with him again. <laughs> you know, so a little bit right there, like, come on, man, you, you know why you're going with him. He's the baddest dude on the 450, so, I mean, <laughs> we know why you're going with him. Okay. And then they, then they went into, you know, how Eli will have a couple weird rides, like Dallas, when he split out after Ken passed him. And then they went into San Diego. But Eli won San Diego, so I don't I don't know why you would think that was a weird one. So, you know, look, if, if you want to get down to it, it, they always, they can act like Eli, you know, is just a choke job. But in 17, he broke that cap, uh, broke <laughs> his brakes. There's 25 points. 18, he <laughs> missed the race, the second race. So there's, there's 25 points out. Okay. And in 19, man, he broke his back. So but, you can say their excuses, but their reasons. But you agree with so, Steve that he's going to win A one, correct? Oh, oh man, I think he's. I think he's going to smash A one. I okay. think Eli's coming in hardcore and ready to go. All right. Well, Randy that, Travis Preston says it's Roxon's night. Um, do you think either one of those guys, Travis Preston or, or yeah, Travis Preston or Mathis, is right, or or do, are they both out to lunch and it's going to be AC or somebody? Wow. Um, I, I I have no idea. That that's uh, I don't want to sound like JT, you know, waffle waffle waffle. <laughs> but I, but I, uh, man, I don't even know. Uh, it's just so exciting. Uh, I already have plans. I won't be there, but have plans to watch with a bunch of buddies back here. And and we were talking about it today on a mountain bike ride. Who's got a one? Who's got a one? I don't even know. There's 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 six names you could you could throw in there and pick yeah. one and and you wouldn't be surprised if they did win it right well so, i think keeper went with know. cooper webb yeah. right i mean he because he's not he's yep. the guys haven't really seemed to be giving him enough credit and i actually totally agree with that um yeah. i don't think cooper is getting the uh, here i go with opinions but anyway i don't think cooper's getting enough credit i i th- i actually i think they're all wrong i went with ac for a1 but um i mean obviously yeah, a1's I mean, the big talk of the week of the this week yeah um People, people talk about uh, people talk about uh, you know health during the off season and uh, you know who's had surgery and who's hasn't and uh, I don't think Cooper Webb has had that chip that's on his sole shoulder surgically removed. Okay? Right. So I think he's going <laughs> to he's going to come back in uh, feisty as ever. Um, and there's a lot of guys with a lot to prove. Um, Barsha, as we know, is, is in a contract year. Yep. Um, DC's uh, is coming up, and uh, there's going to be a lot of guys. And, and I hate you know. To, to quote uh, Ricky Carmichael, but uh, you know the, the series can't be won at A one, but it sure can be lost there. So um, uh, everyone needs to ride true. with some maturity, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I like this. Uh, Travis Preston talking about Yamaha, of course, with TPN Studio. Uh, you know, AP had a pretty bad year last year. Barsha, like you just said, Randy contract year. Travis kind of alluded to the fact that. These guys have been listening better, doing better. He had a lot to say about uh, Barsha and, and AP. Um, Kiefer kind of mentioned how you could you could get lost sometimes in this testing, and that these pros sometimes really struggle to wrap their brain around the fact that really some of these stock parts probably are, are good enough. You don't have to just try to go all out and have this you know works quote unquote type bike. Um, I think he's right. I really think that these guys and and Randy, you're heavily involved. I would assume with a lot of these teams. I mean, well, you know a lot of the people. You know how this works. Um, I would assume that he's very correct that they could get way out to lunch very quickly and just not be able to find their way home. 
Yeah, I think it's it's absolutely correct. And and of course, uh, in the early 2000s, you know, I was managing our involvement when we were involved in Supercross and Motocross, and and you had to kind of evaluate uh, like some base level. Obviously, I was just working on tires, but you work with some base level tires that I kind of knew the the characteristics of tires. So when we got a new rider uh, on a team or what have you, we'd work through those base level tires to kind of get their feedback, and I would kind of measure that from what I knew about the tires, right, mm-hmm. based on what everyone said. And and sometimes you'd, you'd have a rider that was, you know, way out in left field, uh, and then others uh, could tell exactly what was going on with the tire. And I think that's the same thing with, with suspension and, and, and other components on the bike. Kevin Windham, for example, if he told me the tire was doing something, I, I had 100% belief in it and, and could go in the direction he guided us towards. Yeah, Travis Pastrana, amazing rider, but he kind of trusted me to, give him the right tire for the condition. I've had other riders that, that uh, were, they were struggling with stuff, struggling with stuff, and I gave them a full-on commercial tire and uh, as opposed to a race spec. And uh, the, the French Suzuki rider at that time uh, told me, wow, that's, that's a lot better. That's a lot better. And I said, cool, we'll, we'll use that one the rest of the year. That's awesome. So um, so I, I tell that story to say, if, if you're a rider, you, you've got, like Kiefer said, you come off the track, you sit down, you've got, six or eight, now 10 guys looking at you wanting to know, okay, was it better? How was it better? What do you think? If you've been paid all this money, you feel like you need to tell them something, right? Uh, and give them a direction based on what the change was. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of pressure there. And sometimes the answer should be, I can't tell any difference. Um, but if you start giving answers that aren't correct, you start steering that bike and it's set up down a path that, oh, yeah. that it's hard to get it back. Yeah, it's hard to get it back. And I, I, think that's, I think that's what happens sometimes with some younger riders or riders who aren't as in tune with what the bike's doing. So. Yeah, I think Kiefer's talked about that before where some guys, like during a test or whatever, they won't even make a change. They'll, they'll kind of see if the rider notices and he goes, oh, yeah, it's a lot better. And they didn't actually change anything. It's kind of, yeah, you, maybe they get mentally kind of mind effed or or they just want to be able to act like they know what they're doing i don't know i i certainly don't have that ability so i can't even really wrap my brain around how they figure all that out like the tire listening to Kiefer talk about tire flex and stuff when he was talking about the michelin starcross 5 a few years ago when mm-hmm. when you guys were making the first big push and how that tire handled it, i was like come on dude no way you 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 cannot feel that i just don't believe it it's because I don't have that ability, and it's kind of bums me out a little bit. Dylan, um, what about you, man? Do you think uh, you got that ability? Can you tell a tire flex? <laughs> yeah, right, man. <laughs> no, I, I, I I'm not that. Uh, definitely can't tell that. Yeah, but I'm I will joking. say, like what you guys were saying, yeah. the, the story they brought up about Kenny on RCH, man, I thought that was awesome. When they were saying, you know, he went to Glen mm-hmm. Allen with stock RMZ 450, yeah. and then, you know, they started adding a small, small piece of here, small pieces there. I just thought that was awesome, you know, like like you know, building a race bike. I just I wonder, I wonder how many teams really do that in the beginning of the year. You know, they take a stock bike and they build it. You know, that they, they start because Steve was saying, you know, they got lost, so they had to start over from scratch. I, I just thought that was awesome. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get let's get rolling on this thing. I, I've kind of been dragging this a little, probably making this thing go a little too slow. Uh, with this new format I'm trying to do tonight. But uh, Damon Bradshaw, Randy. Damon effing Bradshaw. And <laughs> this call made me feel so much better about my crash after he admitted, basically, that he had done the same thing in the past. I feel like my name should be cleared. 
<laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I liked it when, uh, when, when they brought you on the line. That 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 laughter from the gut that Damon had uh, was, yeah. was awesome because, and and that just, I think that whole scenario of uh, of Damon saying, "Hey, man, it, it, you know, we've all done it." It's not a big deal. It's a bike, whatever. Um, of course, it wasn't his bike, but uh, but it's it's uh, that just shows you the quality of a person that Damon Bradshaw is. Yeah. And and, and uh, so no hard feelings. And and I, you know and that's Steve and Kiefer and anyone else that's that's, that's busting your balls about it. That's just a, as we know as men. That's a sign of affection. You know what I mean? If, yeah, you, if you yeah. care about somebody, you just give them a ration. You know what I mean? And, and uh, so that's good. But Dylan, for the for all the haters out there, and you know all about that, just you know, oh, Darkstar, I can't believe you crashed his bike, and then having having Bradshaw come in and say he did it to somebody else. But and like what Randy just said about his laughter when when they played played the audio from my crash, and he laughed out loud. Yeah, I kind of, I, I definitely, uh, I started laughing myself and. Um, what, what about what about Damon though, Dylan? A great guest, obviously. A clearly great. a great human being. Uh, you know, the beast from the east. He's aggressive when he's racing, but on on the phone, he he's fantastic. He he loves the sport. He loves doing what he's doing now. Yeah, so I got a couple things with Damon. Okay. You know, first off, right off the bat with Damon, you know, Steve was talking about, you know, this is just right. It feels correct. It feels good. You know, yep. Damon is back home on Yamaha. And, you know, he, he he didn't go into specifics with which riders, but it is kind of weird seeing, you know, like Jeremy on Kawasaki and RV for Ambassador for Yamaha. That's just a little weird. That's not what made you, per, mm-hmm. per se. But, you know, with, with Damon, you know, that's, I think Steve said all but one win came on a Yamaha for him. So, I mean, come come on now. Yeah, and then, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you finished. Sorry. Uh, well, well with, him, with him, too, you know, how he was, he came to your defense. I thought he, I thought he completely exonerated you. You know, he said everyone, all of us have always, you know, everyone's forgotten where they were at one point or another on the track. And, you know, what? You know, we just look back to Monster Monster Cup. I mean, Eli Turnmack forgot where he was. So if he, if Eli can forget where he was, come on, man. I think I think it's pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty clear that. It's, I, li- I like you comparing me. To, I like you comparing me to Eli Tomac. Thank you, Dylan. <laughs> Appreciate that. And, and Steve, of course, he he compared, uh, or he didn't compare Damon. He said Damon was Jesus himself. Behind him on the the mountain bike ride, that was a, a really fun story. So if you guys haven't listened to this yet, I'm sure you have. Good stuff. Um, Hey, uh, can I say one thing about that story? I'm sorry. Yep, yep have at it. Real, real quick. Okay, okay. So, so real quick. So, Damon says, you know, when riding the mountain bikes with Steve, you know, with it, he said, I don't care who hears this, but within the first five miles, he got arm pumped. Yeah. So, now, I'm not trying to call him out or anything, but he also said on Unadilla, when I called in, he said, after Unadilla with, uh, with Eli, he said the reason, you know, he didn't really believe in arm pump, and he thought that was more of a mental break on Eli. So, it, Steve mentally breaks Bradshaw. He was breaking Bradshaw. All of a sudden, I yeah, think I mean, so. Now all of a sudden, he has he has arm pump. He he stated after Unadilla, you know, the only reason Eli would have so called arm pump is because he mentally broke. So I I, I was just curious. You know, I was. I love that statement. I love that statement. I'm literally writing it down so that I can send that question to Steve here shortly. Um, yeah, I love that. That good call there, Dylan. Appreciate. So so on that Dylan on that same thing so so if Steve broke Bradshaw like uh you you think that's like Baggett broke Tomac <laughs> at 
in Colorado. <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just messing with you, buddy. I'm just messing yeah. with you, buddy. Yeah. Hey, but let me but let me ask this. Yeah. Uh, dark side. Of course. That, that audio, the the audio of the crash. Yes. Went, oh, I can't believe this. I broke. <laughs> was that really your audio? Oh yeah. Was that? No, no, that was me. Serious. Yeah, I, I, uh, so awesome. when, I, when I got to the hospital that night, or I guess it was the next morning, I listened to it. I kind of watched it back to so that I could post it. I was like, well, it, that actual audio was probably <laughs> eight or ten minutes after I'd crashed because my GoPro just kept no going. Way. So I cut it. Yeah. I just oh, yeah. cut it and sent it in. And then when I did edit the video, I cut it shorter. But there was a whole lot of me yeah. just laying there groaning before that came. But yeah, that was that was uh, definitely real audio. That that. <laughs> It sounded like you, but I but I understand if you're laying there with a punctured lung, yeah. and broken ribs, and stuff, you, you don't sound like you sound. But but I couldn't decide if that was really you yeah. or if that was Kiefer. Kiefer trying to sound oh, like you. Okay. Um. But 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 one, I, I think that's awesome. Uh, and I have to say this: uh, one of the funniest things is uh, to me in, in that whole little segment there is when Damon says, uh, he says, "Yeah, you and you you lay there for a good little while, right?" And <laughs> yeah. you go. 40 minutes. Yep. <laughs> that was just awesome. 40 minutes. <laughs> it, it was a, it was so a long time. Yeah. Oh, but I talk, I was talking the whole time, but just because I, I know I needed to, there was people there, a bunch of guys that a couple paramedics that were hanging out there helping me. And I just kept talking to stay calm, you know, otherwise I was, yeah, didn't want to go into full panic mode. So, uh, all right. How yeah. about, uh, how about Travis Preston getting the, the plaque, for being 70% of the credit for to get Mathis back riding. And then, of course, Mathis didn't realize that the plaque said for, you know, uh, YZF45 or YZ45F. Uh, Dylan, that's typical Pulp MX right there. 99% good. Always at 1% where there's got to be something messed up. Yeah, but man, that's what makes you die laughing. Because yeah. <laughs> if I would have seen I mean, that in person, I don't know what I would have done. That, that's hilarious, Randy. That's classic. Well, that's classic pulp. Well, that just shows you that shows you how horrible Steve's math is. You know, we all know he sucks <laughs> at math, right? Right. Um, he 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 actually, he actually thinks he went fourteen nine for seventh overall, <laughs> and he thinks the YZ forty five is the same as the YZ four fifty. Right. So God love him, but he, he's amazing at a lot of stuff. But man, he sucks at math. He sucks at sure. math, exactly. Uh, well, anyway, and, and of course, in that segment, Steve talks about taking the bike to Glen Helen, and I was actually I love this where he says, uh, you know, he thanks. Thanks, TP, for getting back on a bike. I hate Glen Helen. I hate the people that own Glen Helen, but I had a great time. That might be, Randy, the first time I remember him saying I had a great time. Yeah, exactly. I think I think it may have been. It definitely was above a five that day. I think I can't remember the rating, but it was a seven or an eight. But, yeah. uh, but he was definitely pumped on it. So evidently, Glen Helen must have been a little bit better than the UTV trail that uh, Kiefer took him to. So. <laughs> or maybe it's just not having Kiefer around, Dylan. I think I think like Feld is warming up to Steve and you know Tom Journey. Yeah, yeah. I think Steve is starting to warm up to Glenn Allen again. There you go. But Dylan, what I want to ask you about is uh, the drops and the the technical side of the show. Typically with Travis on point, right? Travis Marks has been the producer for a couple, oh, a few years now, killing it. Um, Talon's obviously new. He's two weeks in, or actually just one weekend. He did the he did a he helped out a couple weeks ago. Um, but almost no drops. Did you notice that? Yeah, you know, I, I think, I think, especially you know, being the first, you know your first couple times in there, I think he's he's got probably a lot on his plate. Yeah, personally, and you know, I mean, that's 
you know, when do I drop this? I don't want to offend Steve. I don't want to offend the guests. You know, <laughs> I, I, I get that. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think though, with having Marks as your trainer, you know, as your role model, I think he's in very, very good hands. Though. Give yeah, it, it only get better. I like Talon. I'm, uh, Randy, For I'm sure. sure you, have you met Talon so, yet? Mm, I don't. I don't think I've met him. Okay. Uh, I don't think I've met him, but uh, but I'll be in uh, there in studio in February, early February. So I look forward go. to meeting him. Uh, but yeah, I think I think to what Dylan said, you've got to kind of get a feel for what you're doing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And Steve, Steve, Steve's going to give you crap no matter what. So Steve's already well, you already missed a phone call. Blah blah blah. Right, so right. If he's putting yeah, drops, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So to what you're saying, uh, uh, Dylan, if he's if he's making the drops but missing phone calls, eh, he's got to prioritize. I think he'll 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 get to the level of it and he'll get a feeling like like. Uh, uh, Travis Marks has to yep. where you get a feeling of where the conversation's going and what might be a good drop for that conversation and then hit it with it. So Absolutely. Good. He's he's definitely gonna get better. I think he's gonna be a perfect fit. Um okay Dylan, what are the X brand two X brand tear offs you want to talk about? So the first one right out of the gate was, you know, uh the question was for Preston and it was says if the give Yamaha is so great, how come Cooper Webb Webb couldn't win on it? Right. And, you know that I thought that was kind of a, that was a pretty good question. You know, they kind of tried to get out of it pretty quick. But Preston goes on saying, you know, in the beginning, uh, Cooper had a lot of injuries uh, going on to the 450. And, uh, you know, he was pretty young. And Keeper, Keeper says it wasn't the bike, and Preston agreed. So, I mean, I guess Steve jumped in about the 80-20. You know, he, he would he would uh, practice, what, 80% and try to turn it up on the, on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I mean I, I would I would probably try to take a little blame off that bike because I know when it first went down, I think a lot of people tried saying that Yamaha was the problem. I think as more time came out, I think the I think Cooper was a little bit of the problem too. You know, yeah, he's admitted that. The series. Yeah. So I, I thought. Okay. Interesting. And then uh, the, the second question was with uh, again towards Preston. What was your worst bike? <laughs> And he said Husqvarna. He's not the only. I've heard you know. So we've heard Preston say that. We've heard JT say it. I've also heard Daniel Blair say that. And yep. I, I just, I just want to say, you know, that's three guys who said you know the worst bike they've ever ridden was that Husqvarna. But to look at it today, man, what a, what a turnaround! You know, I mean, they're an absolute dominant powerhouse. I just want to you know bring that up. Yeah. I, think, I think that's a that's a hell of a turnaround. Yeah, you got some bad props in the beginning, but man. They are they are a top top machine today. It's almost like the turnaround that KTM had. <laughs> yep, yep. Like on <laughs> yeah. the previous show that uh, in in Tonovan, he, he was yeah. saying that. Or not yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was in Tonovan. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's what I know, Dylan. I know you're a younger guy, but 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 in that time, and uh, so now it'll soon be what eighteen, seventeen or eighteen years ago. So you're in elementary school when yep. when when <laughs> those Husqvarnas. Those Husqvarna's, which were truly Husqvarna's, right? So, yeah, so yeah. there's a big, big difference between that bike and 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 they're no longer a white KTM, but but for sure uh, they've they've uh, benefited from KTM's homework and they're a slightly changed white KTM. But, right. but yeah, those bikes. I remember those bikes during that timeline on the on the professional circuit and. And uh, and I know Eraldo Faraci well. I've worked with him uh, with through Michelin on some road racing side, and so now you're taking at that timeline, you're taking a road racing guy who's taking a brand that's not outstanding in off road or supercross or whatever, and you're trying to to make it work. And it's, that square peg did not fit very well in a round hole. So. Right. 
Well, let's uh, let's talk about Tom Dornay with Team Fried very briefly. Uh, he's, I guess, the videographer for Team Fried. Uh, I really like hearing him on there. I don't didn't know much about Tom. I have been watching some of the Team Fried stuff, but didn't really know him, you know, like in an interview fashion where we got to know him just a little bit and his past and how he got into it. Um, Dylan, what do you think about Tom? Uh, what would you think about the interview? What do you think about what he had to say? What did you like about it? I, th- I, mean, I, th- I think Tom. I think Tom is changing some things. I think yeah. he's he is he with this with the with the content he's bringing to everybody. I think it's you know it's raw. It's it's real. It's, there's there's no. I mean, I'm sure there's editing, but there, it's it's just real, man. I, I think Tom. I think what they have done, man. They are they are blowing it up like. Like you just you don't see this. I don't see any other video. I mean, like when RV was here, you know, there were a lot more videos with RV. But now I think I think Tom is. I don't know who's going to bring that first deal to him for Team Fried, but I think Team Fried is going to be a uh, force to reckon with when it comes to, I guess, YouTube channel and right, all that. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think he's a real deal, man. Randy, uh, you know, what What do you think about Tom? I mean, I feel like it's maybe, hopefully, we'll bridge the gap just a little bit between him and J- uh, Steve and Jason Anderson. Maybe not, but at least, uh, at least, yeah. what's that? Yeah, I agree. I, that'd be great. I'd love for that to happen for sure, and, and he could be the, the, the middleman between that and, and kind of smooth things over, hopefully. Yeah, I really and I really enjoyed some of the things he talked about, like uh, kind of comparing the Baker's factory to a normal job. You go in, you do your work, and then you go home. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and of course, Kiefer, you know, Kiefer had to pull out. You pull any chicks in Europe? Uh, and and Tom Tom's response was just like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, because because just like so many people in the motorcycle industry, he was too busy. Yeah, you know? exactly. He was way too busy too. And 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 I what I love that that and I didn't know much of of Tom's work. You know, I'm obviously aware of Team Fried and the personality of that. And that's probably that whole thing's a little bit younger than me. Sure, you know, right? But me but, too. Uh, but 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 I love the creativity of the content. I've watched it. I admire it for sure. I think uh, hearing that that Tom had some influence from uh, Wes Williams and the the guys over at Bird Moto and mm-hmm. stuff. That was cool. Um, but what I what I want anyone and everyone out there that's listening to that that wants to be in the motorcycle industry that that you know that wants to get in the motorcycle industry. What did we hear? We heard that uh, that that Tom's first job didn't pay. Yep. Um, it was based simply on his passion for for pursuing his passion, and there was no guarantee he was going to make it. But he chased his dream, and now he's. And I don't know how many years later, but now he's seeing the success of that. You know, we yeah. know Mathis's long story of of mechanicing. Kiefer, everyone looks at Kiefer now and goes, "Man, I'd love to have your job." <laughs> well, you, you may not have wanted his job fifteen, twenty years ago. Exactly. Right? And, that is a great point, man. That is a great yeah, so, point. So, it, it, I think in a lot of ways, we we as individuals, you know, we need to we need to pursue our passion and and follow that. And and uh, if you if you work hard and do a good job, benefits from that will come later. But but you you just don't step in. You know, uh, it's the same thing as looking at racing. Everyone can look at the people on the podium at A one. Man, I'd love to go win a race like that. Eh, you got you got to go ride C class first and B class <laughs> right, and work yeah. your way up. It's just it's what you have to do, it's, right? You yep. have to pay your dues. Pay your dues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do want to mention that uh, Tom said, you know, told everybody if you go to teamfried.co, not teamfried.com, yeah. you buy a product, you basically automatically get entered into a chance to win uh right now a Jason Anderson signed jersey. They just pick somebody, they stuff it in there, they gave away a free set of gear. 
So if you're a Team Fried fan, uh, Jason Anderson fan, go to teamfried.co and support those guys, and you may get, may get a free jersey. That's pretty cool. I like that. Um, well, guys, I think that wraps up. What? Go ahead, Dylan. That's right. One thing about Tom, he 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 brought up that uh, we were at the uh, practice tracks. He went up to Hurlings at one of yes. the tracks. Yes. Yes. It was cool to film him. Yep. And when he walked up to him to introduce himself, he says, "Hurling said, man, I know who you are. That is freaking awesome. That just shows you, the you power. Know, how far this this team pride is reaching. It's just it's just awesome, man. I agree. So awesome. I agree, hundred percent. We all say that we want to see the the true personalities of some of these riders, and that's what they're doing with Jason. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, we're going to wrap wanna, this up. I wanna, oh, go ahead. I want to add, add one thing right quick. That's yep. cool. So piggy, piggybacking off of what Dylan said, I think it's cool that apparently uh, you know, Feld is working to kind of give some more freedom to Tom uh, and yeah. Team Fried or what have you and some others, you know, to, to create some content around the teams and around the, the riders and their personalities and what have you. That is going to do nothing but bring more eyes to the sport. It's going to bring more interest from and again, you never know if there's a 14-year-old kid somewhere that follows and loves Team Fried, and his dad is is a big wig at some Fortune 500 company that comes Very in true. and sponsors Supercross. Good right? point. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah. so, I, so I really, really am glad to see uh, Feld kind of relaxing a little bit and uh, and 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 letting them letting someone else share some more content with a different personality because that's the key thing dude if you if you don't if you don't if we don't know the personalities of these riders then then because they're each individuals and that makes the personality of the sport right but but uh you you can attach to someone's personality more so than their riding style right so yeah I'm glad yeah, yeah. they're I'm glad they're getting an opportunity to showcase that. Sure. I agree hundred percent. All right we need to wrap this thing up. Um the segment yep. up when we'll be Right back with Will Hahn and Raining Yellow. Uh, Randy and Dylan, thank you very much. Thank you, Dark Side. Thank you so much, man. All right, well, hopefully, this thing, will be, hopefully this thing will be back, and we'll do some more of these. Well, right. Hey, uh, motorsports.com, multi-year deal, right? Yes, yes. I actually talked that about means, that in the intro. Yes. That means BTO Sports should come pick you up, right? <laughs> oh, come on now. Yeah, hey. <laughs> send the send the email to Steve, man. He's the one working the deals. But uh <laughs> I'm fine with that. I don't yeah, let's do it. All right, we gotta get we gotta wrap this thing up, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great evening, guys. All right, you too. Or if you're a little bitch. All right, our next segment of guests are on the line. Brought to you by the new Pulpamex sponsor for 2020, motorsports.com which is your leading source for all your motocross parts, gears, accessories. Like I said, back on board with Pulpamex for 2020. Motorsport.com brings you Will Hahn. What's up, Will? Yeah, hey, can, is, is there anywhere you could get a little bit better signal? It's a little, little uh, mumbled up. Is that better? That's yeah, that's a lot better. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, much, much, much better. Okay. And our other guest, brought to you by WUSA for the best wheels and and performance you can buy. WUSA brings us raining yellow. What's up, raining yellow? What's up, hey? I don't want to say I'm on the last episode. I'm hoping I'm just on a an episode in the long chain of the show. I, I hope so. Uh, Steve says it's looking good, but also I only yeah, have a, yeah. I only have a week left. So, but it is the very first pulp show of any kind for 2020. So I get I got to get an award for that. Hey, you know what? That's the uh, 
the Triple Crown champion right there. There you go. Boom. There you go. Will Hahn, man, how uh, how busy are you right now? Uh, not uh, not terrible. It's busy enough. Uh, I don't know if I want much more on my plate, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm lucky that I have a good group around me that uh, also, you know, everyone's, everyone's working their butt off right now and getting ready to go this first round. Absolutely. All right, guys. So like I told you, and I, I kind of let everybody know at the beginning of the show, we, I broke this thing into segments this week. Just in case it is the last episode, I wanted to go big. You guys are going to cover, for the most part, the Steve Astafin and Chris Onstott uh, in-studio interviews. And I said earlier before you guys got on that I really I enjoyed it, man. I thought it was very entertaining, but it was also so much knowledge. Some of it even over my head, Will. But you're in the business. I, I have to assume you know both these guys pretty well. Um, what do you think of this segment, man? What do you think of those guys and the behind-the-scenes look? Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was something different. Uh, added a different, uh, you know, whole atmosphere to the to the show. I think it was positive. Uh, I know Peter really well. Uh, I don't know Steve extremely well, but I do. Uh, I did enjoy his whole interview. Uh, Rainy Yellow, did you? You know, it was, it was pretty long. It went. Those guys went. Shoot, probably close to three hours. Um, were you, did you like it the whole time? Did it, did it go a little long for you? What What were your thoughts on the interview? I can say honestly, like uh, I didn't even realize how long it was, just because it was something different, but still, you know, moto per se. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it was cool. It, it, I mean, the show's weekly for the most part. When you get something a little different, it's 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 nice. Yeah, I I, yeah, I thought it was cool. I probably would not have noticed how long it went, guys, if if I hadn't been listening live and really needed to go to the bathroom, but I was taking notes and I didn't want to like walk away. Uh-huh. So I was I texted Travis, I was like, Holy shit, are we you guys gonna take a break or not? Um and clearly right. they didn't. But uh it really was good. Will, you know, obviously former pro racer, you you know about the racer side of the business. Um Steve talking about, you know, the way he works his deals with Kenny and still being financially okay, even after an injury. Uh, I mean, the guy clearly knows what he's doing. Uh, seems like he really wants what's best for his athletes. Um, there's a, there's kind of a stereotype you think, or at least I think of when it comes to agents as being a little shady and a little, you know, not really yep. maybe caring about their agent or their, their riders. But I definitely didn't feel that way about Steve or Beaker. No, and I didn't. I didn't get that vibe either. I mean, there's there's plenty of them. I think that you could get that vibe from, and it's you know, and it's probably true. But uh, at the same time, you know, I, I do feel like they felt like, you know, you felt like you, you had some heart in there. Yeah, um, and Rain and Yellow. How about you, man? I mean, you kind of said yeah a minute ago. Did you have you have the same perception of these um, guys? I mean, you know, it's kind of like the thing, like politics. You know what I mean? But I think we'd all in in certain shoes make decisions that we maybe even talk shit about. But uh the best you can do politics will be politics is is like uh Will said is you you felt like there was actual uh pair. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, yeah. And that was cool because at the end of the day someone has to do that job and I rather it be someone who, you know, as far as I know, you know, gives a damn so Absolutely. And Will, uh, I mean, obviously they're representing two of the biggest names in the business between Kenny and AC. Maybe two of the best guys um, as far as what we would like to be like the face of our sport almost with their personalities. To, and they talked a lot about being able to take 
take it to a, outside the industry with these guys. Uh, you know, he talked about some of his other clients. Uh, just talk about what you think those riders in particular, Kenny and AC could do for our sport with the help of a, an agent like that. I mean, I think, I think it's kind of, it's almost endless. Yeah. I think the possibilities with guys like that, that are that marketable and fun love is a root for both of them. Right. I mean, you know, we race, we race at him all year and it's hard not to be somewhat of a fan of it. Right. And, uh, even though he uses competition, you know, so I think that, and then obviously Kenny with his story of what he's gone through and, and how good of a racer he still is, I still believe he'll fight for championships. And I think that, yeah, I mean, I think that it's kind of endless marketability you get with those two guys. Again, Will, first of all, did you have an agent in your career? Uh, yes, I had a manager with um, Steve Aldaco. He started helping me in, um, I think the end of 2009, and he was with me my whole rest of my career. And, uh, you know, he did a lot for me outside of racing. As far as racing, he was great. Uh-huh. Everyone that I dealt, dealt with enjoyed working with him, uh, which was good for me. And then also, he did a lot of stuff behind the scenes. It's like when I bought my first house, he oh, was definitely wow. involved in making sure that that was all, you know, uh, all the paperwork. I wasn't getting screwed, you know. Yeah, so, and, uh, it's good to have someone like that. So, does that make it? I have to. I mean, this is probably a really dumb question because it's obvious. But how much easier does that make for getting deals done? Uh, you know, like obviously he can do all the hard work, but does do you find that even, or did you find that when you have an agent that say you want to go with a particular brand of gear or whatever that he can get you more money, or or does it just get you in the door to more places? See the thing. The thing for me was I, I wanted him for the contract and bringing it, and sure that I was protected. It wasn't so much the actual negotiations. I I preferred to do that because I uh, felt like I I preferred to need. I think you need to go in to the company or to the to the ride or to the manufacturer with yourself, and they get to know you. You know, they don't. They're not signing him. So even though I think it can go both ways, I I, I was pretty strong opinion on the fact that I thought I needed to be there and I needed to do the time. Yeah, that's that's probably pretty good. Being like having your face there and and having that building the relationship with the people sponsoring you, but I could see that as a as a good point. All right, hey, raining yellow. So Steve says, if there's one athlete I would want to wear my shoes, etc., it's a guy like Kenny Roxon. Um, he checks all the boxes, and I think he's right. Wh- what do you think about what Steve had to say? I mean. I, I mean, how can I argue with that? You know what? You know what's funny? Because here's the deal. You could, I mean, they all look the same for the most part to an outsider. Obviously, in my opinion, if you're wearing seven gear and all that, you look cool. But regardless, <laughs> they're all the same looking, right? Okay. And and personality, man. Yeah. That's that's everything. Uh, so sorry, I got birds attacking me. <laughs> Um, this is going south between you and I. You know, literally, they're in, you know they're headed there. No, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, absolutely, in the, and I still argue with Steve that what Ken Roxon went through, mm-hmm. I feel like there should have been like an ESPN special, like, like, holy shit! I mean, they they should have picked that up, and it should have been marketed. I really think. I mean. How how is anyone not just blown away by that? Well, I think yeah, I think most people are. So yeah, I mean, I, I so I guess I agree. 
or I feel like what you're saying is you agree with Steve. Um, it's a pretty obvious choice between with guys like him. Will, I'm sure as, yeah. a team, as a team manager, Will, having a guy with that kind of personality would benefit your team as well. So you'd want somebody like that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, with not only producing results, but very outgoing and good at social media and good at with the fans. I mean, there's lots of ups and ups to all that. Yeah, what about what Asifan said about, like, he kind of hinted at AC going through some personal stuff last year that we really never heard about. Uh, you know, I certainly don't know anything about what was going on. Um, and to see uh, Raining Yellow, like, the way he turned mm-hmm. around and still went out and won the, the 250 National Outdoor National Championship yeah. um, says so much about him. I really felt like Asifan was Never giving heard. us some, def- some, some stuff that we just don't hear about necessarily. We hear Steve talk about certain things. But I felt like Astafin was really kind of stamping it almost like, man, there's, there's, this AC's the, the, the uh, future, I think. Yeah. And, and that, uh, and honestly, that's what made the interviews so good, too, you know, as well. Um, I, I hope so for AC's sake. But then again, it's like, you know, Zebra doesn't change its stripes. I, <laughs> I, I hope for in his sake, you know, cause, because at the end of the day, watching him on TV and doing what he does, He's a person that, that we admire because it's like, holy shit, you know, he, he handles things better than potentially you or I would. Oh, yeah. And that's respect. That's why we're not champions. I mean, that, I mean, that was something that was so, said yeah. earlier in the show. You got to give, like him or hate him, you got to respect. And I think that's uh, applaudable. Yeah, and Will, again, I keep saying that. Obviously, you're in the industry. You probably know way more than I do. Raining Yellow does. Hearing Aspen talk about, like, the Chad Reed situation, uh, or the stories, like let's do once <laughs> Chad retires, let's do a show talk about some of those stories. That would be one that I'd pay for. Yeah, no, without a doubt, I'd love to hear some of the things that they did, and you know what happens behind the scenes that uh, that no one really hears about. Yeah, you know? and I think that I think that would be super intriguing, and I, I would love to listen to it. I, I really found Steve's uh, Astafin's honesty and bluntness with how he handles these riders also will to be uh, not really inspiring, but just impressive because I think a lot of us, and I do this sometimes too, still, I, I see these riders and I'm still a little bit in awe of these guys because I am still a fan, but Steve is, Astafin is business oriented with these guys. And he mentions like telling Chad Reed, you know, if you would take the, remove the fucking chip from your shoulder, you'd be the most like, liked rider probably in history. Uh, and he was pretty blunt with some other things he said with some of his riders uh, I think that would be difficult with these "quote unquote" superstars, Will. But I mean, what, you were you know you were one of the superstars of the sport. You know, is it good to have somebody be blunt with you? I mean, I think you have to have someone that's honest. Yeah. No matter what, you can't have someone that's just you know, with lack of better words, cupping your balls all the time. And I think that you need that. Uh, but at the same time, you know. I, I don't know if anybody could tell Chad to do something different. He was doing it his way pretty much his whole life. That, that's, that's also why he's such a strong person on the track. Yeah, I like that JT mentioned Aranio when, when he first met Chad, that Chad didn't even answer him, and he's like, this guy's an asshole. Uh, Chad definitely seems to have that rep sometimes with people, um, but it seemed like Astafin was, uh, you know, was yeah, knew how to handle the guy. Yeah, he's a Sinatra. Oh, go ahead, Randy Yellow. I'm sorry, Will. No, I was just going to cut in real quick and say he's the Sinatra of the sport. He did it his way. 
And if he comes out to that at, 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 on his last race, I, I don't need the credit, Chad, but please, that'd be freaking awesome. Yeah, right. Right. right? Um, Will, a couple more things. We're going we're to keep this fairly short. Um, again, Asafin saying, like, AC will never have his stuff licensed with Feld. Uh, he brought up the sell on shirts. I know that's been a big, you know, topic over the years where certain teams and certain riders wanting to be able to, you know, make some extra income and revenue. Um, again, that's... I'd buy it as a fan. You what? I said I'd buy it as a fan, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Bullshit. But, but Will, as a team, again, a team manager and a former rider, I mean, what would that mean for a guy like, you know, Dylan Ferrandez or whatever to be able to not be restricted so much and have somebody fighting for him? I think I think it's great. I think I think all the riders need that. You know, I think that uh, at some point it's got to start coming back a little bit. And I don't think they're wrong on really anything. I think it's very controversial. I, you know, I don't even really want to get into it. But I think that yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think at some point it needs to happen. Yeah, I, as they've said so many times, there's so many hands in the cookie jar, or so many factions of people AMA the the OEMs the teams the riders the agents everybody's got their say and um it really too many chiefs right or exactly many, but i really felt chiefs, like yeah. beaks and uh Asifin were again just they they really want what's best for the sport rain and yellow i mean that's a lot of what they talked about throughout that interview was how to make this thing better how to improve things um failed yeah. to invest in a new audience i mean that was we hear Steve say that all yeah. the time, right? But half the time we just blow off what Steve says. But having this guy come in, and like, I felt like I had a lot more respect for his his opinion. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's tough with the whole new audience thing because it's funny. Uh, I'd have I've had uh, many of my friends that I've met actually through, uh, actually not Moto, excuse me, but come over and I'll always put on like a dirt bike race in the background, yeah, and like t- talk to them about it, and I'm like, all they have to do is see it. And they're going to just fall in love. Like, you know, how could you not? And they don't care. Right. So it's like, it's it's such a, like, niche. It's such a niche sport, man. How do you appeal to someone that doesn't give a shit about dirt bikes? I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. But, well, I, but I like their enthusiasm, though. Yeah, I just... You know, you got to try, though. Don't get me wrong. Right. And I think, I think they had some really good ideas. I thought the interview was very informative and, like we said, something different. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was a good good plan that Steve had to have these guys on. It worked really well. Before I let you guys go, Absolutely. I want to ask you, um, Will, new start time and new new camera angles and all that for Facebook. Did you uh, get a chance to check any of that out? What would you think? Uh, I did not check it out, so I don't have a, I don't have feedback for that, unfortunately. Okay. How about you, Rain and Yellow? You know, for a guy who's called a bajillion times. I, I, it was my bad because I missed the time. But not I mean, let's just say I liked the new time because before I had to eat dinner. It was family time. Right. I had to eat dinner with the wife. You know how that goes. Sure. Well, personally, I I really liked it being out here in Central Texas area. Um, it it started an hour earlier. Obviously, that's a dumb statement, yep. but made it, it was supposed to make it get over earlier but the show went like 12 hours so it didn't really help any uh, but that's okay yeah it's, it's always nice good content to, uh, it's, a, it's nice to, i mean six o'clock's late man let's yeah. be honest you know most of us are off work and it's like uh, i need give me the show right all right so. well we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up will um i i hope that you keep 
not letting Steve ride the star bike. Um, I, I know it's that's not actually what you're doing, but it's pretty funny that the guy's getting so worked up, even though you're getting bombarded with the negativity on uh, Twitter. Yeah, no, I'm getting I'm getting hit pretty hard, but it's going to happen. I just I don't have a date, but it's, they're going to ride it, so they need to relax. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I can't. I, I would love for it to be like yeah next next off season. Just let it drag it out. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. It's fun content for the show. Uh, Will, who's gonna who's gonna win uh, two fifty a one? Will one of our guys? <laughs> I got one of your guys as my pick. Uh, what about you, Raniel? Who's gonna win two fifty class? Oh, you know, uh, it, it, I, you know, I'd like to see where Forkner's at, but uh, I, I, I wonder if he's gonna come out guns blazing. But he, I'll say Forkner, but. Okay. I, I ride a 250 Yamaha, and I'm a fan of the team. So, you know what? Fuck Forkner. Let's go Brandis. That's that's who I got. All nice. right. Hey, guys. I'm going to wrap this up, let you guys go. Will, I'll oh, see you Friday, quick, man. Real quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Dark side. This yep. is going to be good. Okay. Will, I've talked to you in person. You're a great guy. You seem genuine. But for the sake of uh, the show and all that, can I just say this real quick? Fuck you, yeah. Han. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Will Han. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, that's take awesome. it, Dark Side. All right, well, I'll say fuck you, Rain and Yellow. Will's my boy. Ah. (laughs) All right, I'll see you Friday, Will, uh, and Rain and Yellow. Will, thank you for coming on. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with our next two guests for the end of the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks, guys. All right, see ya. F you, dude. All right, back again. It's the last segment of the night for the last part of the Pulpamix wrap-up show for episode 408. Hopefully not the last Pulp wrap-up show in history, though. We hope to keep this thing going. Next guest is brought to you by Eagle Grit, which is made for the moto industry by the moto industry. Eagle Grit Mechanics Hand Cleaner is the choice by many of the top Supercross factory teams and is the perfect shop item for moto dudes everywhere. Check out Eagle Grit on Instagram, and Eagle Grit brings us Brad Gebhardt from Big MX. What's up, Brad? Hey, thanks for having me on the show, guys, and shout out to those Eagles that donated to Geeks to Beat to make this possible. <laughs> yeah, don't don't call PETA. It's all fine. It's all been approved. Yes, Beats, yeah. Is it roadkill? No, man. He, he he has them live. He has a sanctuary, TJ. Oh. <laughs> and you talked before I brought you in. You just screwed the whole system up. If the pulp show, if the wrap-up show goes away, is because of that right there. Brought to oh. you by X-Brand Goggles, one of the leading goggle companies in the world and a longtime sponsor of the Pulpamex show. X-Brand brings us DJ TJ. What's up? Well, X-Brand brought me back because, like, the last time I was in here, we got a lot of people that were, like excited about me being on the show didn't get one message about you oh dang anyway i did get some about brad though people like brad people like brad people I, do like brad you know what I, I, we did get uh when we the two of us did the wrap-up show with randy with, uh, none other than randy richardson who uh he did carry the mail i'm sure his back's still hurting from carrying us <laughs> yeah. on that particular one but yeah. uh um yeah no, I'm, I'm excited to be back on and i'm excited to be on with both uh, yourself and tj i know uh there's a lot of people who are uh, big fans of both you guys. Come on, Brad. <laughs> big fans of me and not nobody, everybody. Nobody hates likes TJ. Nobody knows who Fair I enough. am. Uh, all right, that's probably for the best. Episode four hundred eight. I know TJ. He was on site at work. He didn't get to check out the the Facebook feed with the new cameras. Did you get a chance to check it out, Brad? I did, and you know what? It's a welcome addition to a show that I've been watching for a long period of time. It's really cool. To, uh, to see the show progressing uh, with uh, some more interactive uh, stuff like that and just being able to watch it in addition to, uh, to listening to it. Uh, I myself will probably still watch 
or uh, take the Paul Smek show in through uh, the archive version. Okay. Because I'm usually uh, either doing meal prepping or um, I'm doing stuff around the house while listening to it with my phone in my back pocket. But uh, for those who take the time to watch it, I think it definitely adds on on people's faces when things are said. Yep. And uh, some of the reactions, like, you've got to know that uh, there's things that are said over the phone that uh, they're, they're making Steve bust up or they're making uh, uh, Kiefer bust up and laughing. And that's just going to add to the experience. But those who take in that, uh, that, that, that sort of uh, intake of the show, I think are, uh, it, it's a great addition. Yeah, I said earlier when I was, uh, we had Randy on earlier for the first segment, I talked about I watched the whole thing live now as much as I can anyway because it makes it a lot easier for me to do this. And I always Absolutely. watch it on Facebook. And the new camera angles were great. Uh, got a chance. If you don't watch it, you need to. Pookie always walks through the studio a few times. Uh, we got to see Travis Preston's girlfriend in studio. Uh, we got to see Travis Preston walk in the studio shirtless while yeah. Steve Astafin and Onstott were on. So, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, like TJ is, uh, there's a little something for everybody. Uh, Pookie did not walk through shirtless, but Travis Preston did, TJ. I have never, I've never watched the video once. Like I literally don't. Why? Why are you on the wrap up show? Hold on, I don't even technically have a Facebook. That's true. I like use my wife's Facebook. Weirdo. to be able to go to Facebook okay. Marketplace to buy stuff. Well, let's get into episode right. four hundred eight, Brad. Let's let's get into this. Uh, the okay. segment I want you guys to cover, and we touched on it a little bit with Rainy Neal and Will Hahn, Steve Astafin, Mike Onstott. Um, I'm not going to say a lot during this part because I've already kind of given my opinion. Other than I felt like I learned a lot, Brad, about stuff we hear little stories about when we listen to, you know, whether it be your podcast or Pulpamex or whatever, but having Astafin in really opened my eyes to the behind the scenes stuff. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, having Steve Astafin on the podcast, especially in studio was, in my opinion, uh, a little peek behind the curtain of uh, all the mysteriousness that goes along with the uh, marketing of professional motocross, a guy who uh, has worked with a number of different industries, who's passionate about the sport and speaks extremely clearly when it comes to uh, his his vision of what's possible in the industry. I found myself uh, actually becoming a little bit even more excited than I already am about motocross and the the possibilities within the industry. I think um, if I think you can speak to this, even Steve can speak to this, and myself as well, uh, when trying to drum up business within the industry of motocross it, it can be trying to get like blood, trying to get blood out of the stone sometimes but when you talk to a guy like Steve Estefan who has these ideas and he has a vision and he knows the possibilities of what what's possible it really gives you a lot of hope for the future and you know a guy who is passionate about the sport who he doesn't even have a start in the sport he came to it fell in love with it and uh, is helping other brands fall in love with it as well with a huge breath of fresh air and uh, just to hear him speak passionately about that was really, really interesting to hear, and I think that that was uh, a huge benefit to those listening. Totally agree. TJ, you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording, and I mentioned this with Randy and earlier, or with Will earlier. Um, there, there's sort of a preconceived thought for a lot of the general public of what a agent is, whether they're a little shady, uh, maybe you know, just look, not really always looking out for the best interest of the person, maybe just trying to get their own money. I didn't feel that way with Astafin at all. TJ, you had a little bit of comment about some things Steve has said in the past. Yeah, I didn't feel that at all. Like like uh, Brad said, and y'all were saying he was did a he came on really well spoken, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But I I was really surprised at 
how much Steve seemed to be a fan of Astafan and talking with Astafan, but yet whenever there's not a like a in studio in studio guest agent, uh, agent he basically just rants and raves about how they're worthless and how they shouldn't be there and mm. how they're taking people's money. I was a little what I call him a little bit hypocritical. Yeah, that's what you said. It, that's kind of what I said about Steve. <laughs> but hey, that's I, I mean. I mean, that's not my I, opinion, and this this show is not about my opinion. I personally, Brad, would have probably <laughs> had that opinion of agents. Although Steve usually is talking of agents he's heard stories about or whatever, I would have just had that uh, opinion probably based off secondhand stories in general. You hear about people in entertainment. I would have that opinion of agents, but I think the reason he was so high on Asafin was clearly Brad. This guy really, really cares about his. Um, his writers or his, I, I want to say employees, that's not what they are. His, uh, his, what is clients? It? His clients. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Whether it be a Juju mm. Smith or, uh, you know, Ken Roxit, AC, uh, AC Sage, whoever, he clearly has a passion for these guys and wants them to, to succeed. Absolutely. Um, I think that, uh, I think you guys can connect with this. And then the fact that there's, there's two different types of agents, but no different than there's two different kinds of salespeople. There's some people mm. who try and sell things to you, and there's some people who try and help you buy the right thing. And uh, and that, that those are they're basically two different approaches um, to that particular occupation. And uh, Steve Astafan, uh, I think you can't really sort of lump him in with the rest of the uh, of the herd, so to speak. I think he's really cut himself uh, out of that uh, sector by being that guy who puts his his clients first, and because he just does that, he benefits. It's a completely different mindset than just trying to sell people on an idea. It's it's particularly trying to help out his clients so that his clients can be successful, and in turn, he's going to be successful. So he gets it. He really understands that side of things. And I think when when he's talking about specific uh, um, uh, agents that have taken advantage of situations and taking money on both sides and stuff like that. He's talking about guys like Stepkovic and other uh, guys that haven't been as truthful and forthright as guys like Steve Astafan, who have they've been in the industry, multiple industries, for multiple decades. And the only way you do that is by acting with pure integrity and doing some things that are purely good for the sport. And that's another reason why. I don't know. When, when Steve kind of sort of throws some shade on agents, I don't think he's speaking specifically of uh, Steve uh, specifically just because of how well he's reacted to certain athletes in the past, whether it be Chad or James. Uh, or and now with uh, his current crop of guys, which includes some of uh, the uh, the sports latest and greatest with um, uh, both Roxon and uh, mm-hmm. AC, which he, he's already doing uh, some amazing things. He's thinking outside the box. Like when he's talking about uh, doing the the merchandise, basically taking that out of the hands of Fell. So you're not going to get the licensing to my guys. They're going to handle their own deal, and they're going to generate their own revenue that way. And I think that that's a great way to go about things. I think that's what gives the the riders a little bit more power. Than the sport. Agreed. Uh, and TJ, he said a couple things. One of the statements he said was, "Feld has to invest in a new audience," which we've obviously talked about a lot of times, um, which I think was pretty important. But he also had another idea that. I didn't personally like, but I mean, he seems like a smart guy. Maybe he's right. It's just to grow the sport, we need it to be one class. What do you think about those two statements, from I've, Steve Espen? I've heard that a couple times uh-huh. about somebody saying that, and I think anything to help grow the sport, like Mathis is always talking about change. We need something to change. We need something to change. 
I, I mean, because he threw something in that I don't know if you've already touched on or if you're going to get to where he's kind of said in the background, like a summertime Supercross series for the 250 guys. Mm-hmm. You know, while the outdoors is going on, the one class in the outdoors, the 250 guys can go race summer Supercross, I guess, to, as a stepping stone to getting their license to be pros. Right. Um, I kind of heard him say that, but there seemed to be... They they did a really good job of pointing out what's wrong. Yeah, there was a lot of that. I was and they didn't point out a lot of ideas on how to fix it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's really easy because I work in an industry where I deal with stuff that's wrong and I fix problems a lot. And uh-huh. I'm not saying I can fix these problems, but I'm just saying. And we just had to fire a guy because he always had problems and never had solutions. And there was a lot of problems talked about and not a lot of solutions during the show. Yeah, uh, Brad. Uh, he also pointed out something that you and I have been to a number of times, and TJ, you've been to a couple, is the press conferences. You know, uh, Steve Mathis pointed out that, you know, he's been to a press conference and he timed it. It was a minute 48. Uh, how is this acceptable? The riders, we don't know who the 250 riders are personality-wise. Uh, Astafin said, you know, we need people to go in there and create controversy. Uh, the press conference could help grow the sport. And mentioned how ESPN doesn't understand our language, the way we talk about things. Uh, I really, I probably haven't been to anywhere near as many press conferences as you had, Brad, but I totally agree with what he's saying. I, I do as well. Like uh, the, the the current format is very, of course, sort of cookie cutter and controlled by Feld Entertainment. Uh, the first question, which is usually sort of like the, the easiest low hanging fruit, is usually asked by uh, uh, Daniel Blair or. Jim Holly in some cases, um, and then sort of the, the microphone gets passed around the room. Uh, and as a group, we might get, uh, like, I might get one crack at one of those guys to ask one question, mm-hmm. um, or, or at most two times, like the way the, the microphone gets passed around. And uh, it, from that, you don't usually get another opportunity to uh, to chat with these guys, like especially the 250 guys, uh, while we're having the 450 conversation or 450 conversation. Uh, um, Press conference. Yeah. Those guys are gone. They're, yes. they're 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 almost they're almost uh, halfway to the airport by the time that press <laughs> yeah. conference is done. Exactly. Opportunity to, to to rattle those guys down. Unless you're going to uh, kind of forego the the 450 press conference and just track those guys down. Maybe maybe you can make something happen that way. Um, but that's spreading yourself rather thin, and you're not going to get the 450 words. Which I guess if we're going to talk about uh, who's the more um, important or premier class, like you want to be there for the 450s more than anything. So. I think it does. It definitely that uh, like the way they spoke about it was totally spot on in the fact that something needs to change. Um, but yeah, like it, it's um, it's not something that maybe that I have all the answers to. But I, I think that um, in, in the case of the, the press conferences, it's a lot about it, it has everything to do with the tail wagging the dog. A lot of these riders that I don't want to talk, so I'm not going to. And, yep. so, and, yep. and the, the PR people are like. Well, he doesn't want to talk. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Like they, I can't make him stand here. Whereas in other uh, other industries, whether it be hockey or football or, or your other stick and ball sports, they say no, no, you'll you'll be here until these guys are ready to, to go. They're done, and they'll at least get their crack. When it comes to like a, a media scrum or something like that, like sometimes the athletes are short with you, and they won't give you uh, an extended amount of time, but you at least get a little bit of time. But uh, um, something needs to change with that, um, whether it be uh, just more scheduled openness uh, to get an opportunity with those top-end guys. Like I think, honestly, I, I could probably talk think about maybe eight times that I've been to a press conference, and then like Eli Tomek's in every single one of those, and I didn't get a one-on-one with him once. Yeah. 
So that that really uh, hampers obviously my ability to cut the sport, but it also robs a little bit from the fans because um, like how I might interview Eli is a little bit different than how um, uh, one of you guys are talking to him or Steve or whoever it happens to be. We all have sure. our own style, and I feel like that would be uh, a great benefit to the fans if we can sort of get a little bit of a st- different style uh, of interview happening with these guys. Like Steve could could do the, the same style of interview with the same guy. Ten weeks in a row, and you're going to hear a lot of the same canned answers. Whereas maybe I'm maybe I want to talk to Eli about what uh, kind of Netflix shows he's watching. <laughs> Get some ideas that way. Right? Yeah. I yeah. Exactly. And, and they made a ton of good points. Like TJ said, uh, maybe not all the answers we need, but I think they, at least for me, this interview or it, really, I don't even know if I'd consider an interview it was a three hour segment almost. It was awesome. Two and a half yeah. hour segment. It was really uh, got in depth with some stuff that we don't typically hear on the Pulp Show. Uh, I think it's something that I'd like to then to revisit in the future, maybe you know, definitely, and have some other people in studio. They they discuss that um, coming back. Yeah, was it Kenny that said he might come in studio with Beaks? It would be, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, which I don't think exactly. that happened, but that would be that'd be definitely a a show highlight. Um, let let me do some sponsor reads just real quick, and we'll finish this mm-hmm. thing up. Uh, I want to thank WUSA Guts Racing, Roost Graphics, FMF Racing, Atlas Brace, Get Data, Firepower, Batteries and Chains. EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO, Ride Engineering, the new sponsor, Motorsport.com, Motosport.com, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech Suspension, Michelin Tires, Maximum Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, Skosh, OGO, and Ride Engineering. All keeping the Pulp Show alive and running. Thank you to all those guys. Um... All right, the tweet at Travis segment, TJ. Can, can I point out something? That yes, you can. I, real quick, that I think it was another thing that kind of got glossed over, which was a great idea that okay. that, that, that they should be locked. And then you may have talked about it in the other section with the other guests, but was how I believe it was Astafan said that overseas, you, that's where you need to send Red Bull straight rhythm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was genius because you go to these places like Dubai, places that don't know mm-hmm. anything about dirt bikes, and you get them to watch yeah. something as simple as that. That was a stroke of genius that that failed or whoever's in charge of sending stuff over there uh-huh. because you get them interested. What was that? That was – I saw that. What's the – pro guys doing what's i mean that is that was genius i just wanted to point that out and yeah he had a lot of good ideas i mean that was one that that really like like i had to rewind it and i'm like did he just yeah yeah i'm definitely going this is off the pulp show topic but i'm gonna talk to to steve astafin yeah friday yeah for sure <laughs> i'm yeah I, I got a few more questions for him but uh, let's talk about some of these tweets um just during the tweet at Travis segment, there was a discussion of Aspen said after Chad Reed retires, he wants to come on and do a show about some of the stories. Uh, well, I don't know, Brad. That's that would be the probably biggest show ever, maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, honestly, uh, between himself, like Steve Aspen, and having uh, Beaks in there, uh, this was like a, a kind of a underrated show it wasn't uh, a show 400 it didn't have a lot of lead up or yeah. sort of the hype around it but it actually turned out to be maybe one of the most enjoyable shows uh that we've had uh the, the privilege of enjoying over the uh the 408 episode uh anthology of the pulp show um just the stories that were coming out and just to hear the open-mindedness uh, of a guy like steve Estefan was really really encouraging and uh a guy who speaks 
so clearly and with so much conviction about the sport and just the possibilities really opens up sort of uh, so many possibilities of what uh, to come within the sport of the motocross and just uh, some of the different ways of looking at things. I think all of us are guilty of being a little bit closed-minded a little about some things certain times, which is why we don't see a lot of uh, changes to the Supercross series. But I think, honestly, like between Beeks being in there, I think he was almost an underrated, because of how great Steve was, I think that uh, that uh, Chris Onstott was like in his own right, even even an, uh, an extra awesome uh, addition to the to the uh, episode. So uh, I, I would love to see these guys come on again. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, if, if they could just literally like total truth serum, uh, lay it out on the line, get uh, like uh, Chad reading a glass of wine sounds like a podcast in and of itself. <laughs> Um, would just be fantastic, and I'd love to hear it. And uh, for all the things that would come out, I don't know if any of them would have careers afterwards. Right, but right. We'd all benefit. Absolutely. All right, two tweets. That I just want to ask you guys to talk about real quick. Um, right. uh, Steve says Marty's going to be a shocker. Do you agree, mm-hmm. TJ? Yes. Do you agree, Brad? Uh, shocker in the fact that. Like what, 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 like what? What would constitute shocking? Like is I, knocking down top ten, top five? Yeah, in my opinion, when he said that, I'm thinking top fives. That that would be a shocker yeah, that would to be me. Shocking. Like, yeah, in no, in, by no means does Martin Davos getting tenth in a Supercross race shock me. Right. But yeah, if if he was passing uh, Justin Barsha and <laughs> yes, even Zach yes. the business. Now I'm shocked. Okay. Um, but anything outside of that, I, I think that's well within what he's been capable of for a long period of time. We just happen to be able to see it because Marty Marty's. Yeah. All right. Uh, TJ, who has more sophomore success, Justin Hill or Aaron Plessinger? Kiefer and Steve said AP. Uh, they right or they wrong? Uh, wrong. They're wrong. So you're going Justin Hill. I'm going Hill. All I don't want to know your reasons because I don't want your opinions. Fair uh, enough. Brad, are they right or are they wrong? Um, AP all the way. I, I okay, agree. so they're got to right. be AP. Okay, uh, the, the yeah. last one. Top three fantasy picks. Um, now I want to skip over that one. Hang on. How about the the, the VIP experience talk? Just one thing <laughs> I'll talk talk on. JT says, uh, "Yeah, everyone's got one now." And and of course, then that's when they let us know that JT is still blocked by Chad Reed. That's that's it's just awesome. Chad Reed. The fact that neither one of them are going to let it this down. Yeah, like, Chad's never going to bend. That's what I say. And then, and now he's not also going to bend. I think that makes it even cooler in a way. It, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, no, that's you got only, that's two of the so- most stubborn guys I've ever met and talked to. I've had the pleasure of spending time with both those guys uh, over the years, and yeah. uh, it's limited amount of course. Uh, but just just getting to know them and how like genuinely stubborn they both are. They both feel like they're one hundred percent right. In, in in their and they're just they're not even going to talk about it. They're just going to continue on. So and I'm, I'm sure uh, uh, if uh, Jason Thomas doesn't have at least two or three burner accounts on Twitter, I would be <laughs> shocked and appalled. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that would be uh, um, like is this, that that was just a, a nice wrinkle. And honestly, another thing that I was going to mention is I don't know if you guys have noticed, but this amazing sort of uh, relationship, comedic sort of one developed between Steve and marks uh, to have a little bit of a back and forth. Uh, it kind of adds the uh, a little bit of white noise to yeah, uh, yeah. The, the show when when some of the co-hosts aren't there or some, a little bit of consistency where the two of them seem to play off each other really, really well. And that's been a welcome uh, addition to the show overall. 
Yeah, absolutely agree. And I think with Talon taking over the producer uh, position, Mark's you know Mark's doing the video stuff. He's going to be a lot more busy, but I think he might have a more of a voice on the show than even before, and that's going to be a good thing. Absolutely, it's uh, a yep. only only going to get better for 2020. Uh, hopefully, the wrap up show comes back, guys. Thank you for taking a few minutes to come on. Uh, I don't really have any comments about Kiefer After Dark. It's always great. It's fun, but no real reason to touch on it. It's it's a great segment. We love Kiefer. Hopefully that that'll be back in the next couple of weeks because I I like it. Um, but guys, thank you so much for coming off for a little bit, and hopefully we'll be able to do this again. No problem, man. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Dark Side. Anytime that I can be uh, a part of the, the pulp show in, in any uh, way of fashion whether it be wrapping it up or calling in or sending a tweet in here and there. Yeah. Uh, a huge fan of it. And, uh, and and hats off to you for taking this on, my friend. Uh, no small undertaking. You've uh, you've done well with it on certain occasions. You've struggled with it on other occasions. <laughs> yeah, and you've weathered the storm of people uh, not giving you uh, some rave reviews. Uh, and that's hats off to you. So whether this be the last one or this one be uh, one that continues on, I, I think that uh, you've done fantastic. Well, I appreciate uh, it. With, with everything that you do, and uh, you have some fun uh, in, uh, at anyone, my friend. Will do. Everybody stay tuned for another installment of Hello Pookie, and uh, hopefully we'll be back. That's it, guys. It's a wrap. See ya. Hey, hey, we are back with another episode of Hello Pookie, and of course, Pookie is on the phone. How are you doing? I'm good, bro. How are you? Doing great. Uh, day after Christmas. How How was your Christmas? Looks like you hung out with your mom and dad. Yeah, it was amazing. My mom and dad came. I just—they're not together, but they happened to just come together this this year. Um, they're not married anymore, but they got okay. divorced when I was thirteen. But they live near each other, and um, I'm just yeah, really glad. I love spending time with them both together. So yeah, they were the only people that came. It was just me, Steve, and my parents. But they had a great time. That's pretty cool that they're not together, but they still can get along and spend time with you. That's that's very unusual. It is crazy unusual, the situation they have going on. Yeah, my dad actually rents a property from my mom. So they oh, actually nice. live on the same property in out in the desert in Golden Valley, Arizona, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah. I mean, whatever. At least they're close by. So if I can visit one, I can visit both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, anything else special happen for Christmas? You get anything good? Steve, Steve go all out? Steve and I didn't even do gifts this year. We did just stockings. And then in the morning, we talked about all the trips we're going to take in 2020. We already nice. know of four big four big trips that we're taking. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, neither of us want for anything, really. Sure. So That's cool, <laughs> it's though. It's easier that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're well, excited. We got that's kind of what Amber and I did. Coming up and, yeah, we're going to go back to Cabo. And, oh. you know, some, some years it's just hard to, um, you know, figure out gifts and stuff. So, sure. yeah, you, you know what it is. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, you know, we were on a little little budget crunch this year so i just told amber to to pick a race to go to and she picked san diego so that's that's her christmas <laughs> it's, oh dang that's a good idea yeah she likes going when yeah. she can and uh you know she loves socal so that's a good one all right well let's get into this so i had an email come in from um well a, a guy named jason i don't want to give his last name just in case he doesn't want that given out and uh here's what it says Hey, could you ask Pookie about the backstory of Steve and Rocky? Sorry if it's been told and I missed it, but there sounds to be a tremendous love there. So, yeah, why don't you <laughs> kind of go back in time and how did you guys uh, rescue Rocky and how did that bond start and grow into? Oh, Rocky, he is <laughs> just on accident. He is the sweetest dog. He probably is, I would say, the best basset that we've had in all of the, I think, 13 basset hounds that we've had since we've lived in Las Vegas. Um, yeah, he's just so good. So we've had him for seven years. We got him on New Year's Eve 
Oh, wow. um, so it's going to be seven years ago. Um, I remember that I wasn't home when they dropped him off. So I, I just, it must have been just a, hey, we have a male that needs a foster home. You know, are you guys are available? Yes. And just bring him over. That's how, it, you know, it used to work with us. Okay. So um, I remember Steve sent me a photo of Rocky jumped up on the half wall at our old house between the couch and the other living room. And he was just standing up on this half wall and thinking, how the hell did this giant basset hound get up on that wall? And why is he standing up there? So he was very mischievous right from the beginning. Um, I could tell, you know, that he yeah. was a little, a little problem child, but <laughs> yeah, he's, um, he's a really good dog. Um, when we got him, we had three other dogs. So he was always part of our big pack when we had four, um, four bassets and, you know, they just kind of rotated around him and, um, you know, he was always the youngest. And as, as we started to lose dogs, I kind of got less interested in, um, you know, running a rescue out of my house kind of a sure. thing. When you have four dogs in, in your house, they kind of just take over and your house becomes like a giant dog house, which, I mean, for me, it's fine, but it got to be a lot. They get really sad at the end of their lives and, you know, you're taking care of them like an elderly person. And we just kind of decided that we were going to not get any more new dogs for a while. So, yeah, and then we lost Willie, um, you know, a couple months ago and we had just one dog, Rocky, for a while. And it's really strange to just have the one dog, but... um we did get another foster dog, and Rocky did not like him, and so we I kept him that. around for like, yeah, we kept Doobie for like a week. He didn't like Rocky. Rocky was not himself when Doobie was around, and so we found Doobie another home, and I just have not, you know, even wanted to think about getting another dog, you know, since then, but yeah, Rocky is very special. The only other dog I can think that um, we've had a special bond like that was with Hank. Um, we had a bonded pair, Hank and Fred. They okay. came together, but they weren't really, I don't know, they didn't seem to be that bonded. They didn't seem to really care about right, each other to right. me. But yeah, Steve and Hank always had a special relationship, too. And I'm talking, like, when Steve's playing his video games back at our old house, Hank would be right up on the chair, laying right on top of him. But now him and Rocky have a similar situation. Anytime Steve's on the couch, Rocky will jump up there, and he'll lay right on top of him. I put it on my Instagram story just on Christmas Eve. Yeah, he was I saw laying that. on the couch, and Rocky was laid right up on him like a baby. Yeah, I so like cute. I like that, you know, if uh, somebody coughs on air, Steve scowls at him, you know, or if somebody is uh, messing with their phone, he's mad. But if Rocky's in the background barking, everything's cool. No big no big deal. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's fine. I mean, I kind of freak out because I'm, I'm, my job is to keep Rocky quiet, but sometimes he gets really crazy. So Yeah. Yeah, I think it was yeah. might have been the last show, if I'm not mistaken, or two, or maybe two shows ago. Of course, I'm watching on Facebook, and Rocky's going crazy, and I see Steve pick up his phone after about 10 seconds of it. I was like, oh, yeah, he's he's got to be texting Pookie, because Rocky was just going nuts, and it was pretty funny. He does sometimes. He's so unpredictable to, yeah. with how he's going to be. And then tonight, oh, my gosh, poor Rocky. So we have a little a patio door on our um, middle floor that goes out to the front yard, and Rocky loves to go out there. Well, it's pouring rain today, mm. but he's still, he'll still lay by the door just staring at it like he just wants to be out there so bad. So we crack the door open for him usually, and if it's raining, he usually just won't go out. He'll just stay on the carpet. So I went to get my nails done. I came home and Rocky was out on the balcony and then I came inside and the balcony door was closed. Steve had locked him out there oh. and he, and I was like, why did you lock Rocky out? And he was heartbroken that he had done that. I think he had been out there for maybe 15 or 20 minutes and yeah. Steve was just, Rocky came running inside and Steve got on the floor. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, That's great. That's great. Yeah. I, I can only, I mean, I, I'm not a huge animal person, Pookie, but I, I mean, the bond, I could see it, you know, we hear him talking about it and it's definitely something pretty special. You know, you guys not having kids, those are you know, Rocky and the, the dogs are your kids. So I, I can understand. 
Yeah, I'm, I just appreciate the fact that Steve is so into the dog thing yeah. with me. I mean, like I said, when we had four, that was a lot. And, uh, you know, he was always fine with it. He's always, you know, had a big heart with a animal rescue thing, and it's always really worked out for us. So I see it happening for us again um, in the future. I'm sure we'll have, you know, more basses running up and down these stairs here. Right. Um, I really want a kitty, but Steve's not really on board with that right now. So well, we still, <laughs> we're kind of just stuck at one dog right now. Yeah, we're still watching for the uh, the studio cat that somebody supposedly saw, you know, a while back. And I've never seen it, but I know there's uh, there's that the, the myth that there's a studio cat somewhere. I remember that and thinking yeah. that, that that was so weird. I remember that show and being like, what? There was a cat down here? Right. That, that's it's, it's happened before. Twice in our old house, a, dog, a cat came in through our dog door. Oh, wow. Yeah, my fiance has three um, and again, as I said, I'm not a huge animal fan, so that was a big, big compromise for me because because I'm in love with Amber so much. I, I took the deal with the cats, and we, we built actually a – she has a cat door that's in a window, and so it goes out the back, and there's this, like, cat walk, and it goes all around the side of the house where her grandmother used to own this house, and it had, like, a bird uh, – I don't know what you call it. It's a huge cage. So we built this walkway for the cats to go into that wa- into that cage outside, and – they go out there, and I built shelves and all kinds of things, and they climb on it and lounge, and it's, uh, she thinks it's cool. The cats think it's cool, so. Yeah, yeah. see, and that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do it for Amber, but she she's definitely a cat person, and um, I, I think I would rather have a dog if I was going to have anything, but hey, you know, I do, I do you do what you got to do for love, right? You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pookie, that's, that's really cool. I think that probably answered Jason's uh, question, since he hasn't heard about it before, and um, hopefully we'll be able to do more of these in 2020. We should know in a few more days if the wrap-up show has been saved or not. We will uh, keep our fingers crossed, bro. I think I'm feeling good about it. All right. Well, appreciate it. Will you be at A1 for the show? Uh, I'm actually deciding right now if I'm going to go to A1 because I didn't request the weekend off, but oh. I actually ended up getting I ended up getting in the weekend off anyway. So um, I'm we'll come, trying to figure out if I'm going to go. We got to figure out who's going to take care of Rocky. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll come hang out because I'll be there. And I'm going to the show, and you know I love seeing you. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Yeah, you sound super excited about that. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I honestly really don't love going to A1 just I know. because it's a little bit of a shit show. And with Steve, it's like he's super busy. So for me, A1 isn't a super big draw. I was already planning on going to A2 with Steve's mom. Mm. And um, I think I'm going to go to Indy. Like, I'm already planning other races that I want to go to. But yep. for some reason, I don't know, A1 just, you know, we lived in Anaheim for years. So I went to A1 a lot. And it's just. I don't know. For me, it's kind of a different race, and it's a little bit, everybody's a little bit more high-strung, which is yes. fine. I mean, no, everybody's working, but, like, for me, I'm just, like, a casual fan, you know, nowadays. So, But I do want to go see Adam's first race. And did you see his new merch? Oh, my <laughs> God. I have not yeah. seen it yet. No, I'll have to look. Sick. Can't but, wait. I'm like, give me two of everything. Right. But you got you to come for the live show, because, uh, you know, I, I know Chris is going to be there. I assume Heather will be there. Yes, Cousin Heather will be there. I know that's one of the reasons why I still want to go. Steve yeah. said that the, this live show is going to be really casual, so yep. he won't really need me to like help with anything. But <laughs> I do still feel like if I'm off, that I should be there. So I might be making the trip, even though there's be a truck full of Canadians coming back with us. I think Lissamore and, oh, wow. and uh, Galdi, I think. Well, that'd be a fun ride. Well, if, if you guys are listening and you're in the Anaheim area, you got to come out, come to the live show. I think it's at a place called The Catch, if I'm not mistaken, on Catella in Anaheim. Uh, tickets are on sale now, and hopefully you'll get to see Pookie. Thanks, Pookie. All right, bros. Happy New Year. Have a good one. You too. Thanks. See ya. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show?